With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, and holy moly, we have a loaded show this week. We'll get into it in a moment, but first of all, thanks to all of you for listening to the program, downloading the show, helping the show grow. Much appreciated. On top of that, checking out all of the shows on the network. So thank you again, and if you haven't, make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts the MMA Fighting podcast page, as well as the MMA Hour podcast page. Two different feeds. Subscribe to them both. You'll be a happy camper that you made that decision. Now, let's talk to some of the rising stars of our great sport, because you don't want to hear me go on and on. You want to hear from the fighters. Four of them, as a matter of fact, joining the show this week. Later on, wrapping us up, we'll speak with Lupi Godinez, who's just such a savage. After breaking one record in her last fight, two fights... Back-to-back Saturdays, no one ever in the UFC has done that before. She did it, and she's going to break another record this coming Saturday. Three fights in 42 days. She takes on Loma Lukbunmi, stepping in on short notice for Cheyenne Bays. Just unbelievable stuff. She'll join us later on to wrap up the show, talk about all of that. The decision to come back on such short notice again. Could she come back for yet another fight before the year is over? We'll get her thoughts on that and much more. We'll also speak with Sean Woodson coming off of his first UFC finish this past Saturday at UFC Vegas 42. Stopped Colin Anglin with some nasty body shots. And he has his sights set on another surging featherweight in the UFC and wants to uh, clear a couple things up as well. So that's coming up a little bit later on. Roman Feraldo delivered one of the year's best knockouts this past Friday night at Bellator 271. A massive Nasty flying knee finish of Robert Turnquist on the prelims. You have seen the highlights surely. Now you'll get the ins and outs of the flying knee. 
And does he think it was better than his teammate Jorge Mazadal's flying knee? He'll answer that question in around 25 minutes or so. But first, a lot of people have a Bantamweight fight circled on their calendars, on their fight cards for this coming Saturday at UFC Vegas 43. And yes, we know the main event is fun at 135 pounds. But the low-key banger, if you will, the hardcore fans fight of the night is Adrian Yanez versus Davey Grant. Unanimous excitement when this one was announced. A lot to discuss with one of the top 135-pound prospects in our sport. Let's kick things off with Adrian Yanez. How's it going, man? Oh, no, going going great, man. Just literally just got home from training. I spent a little bit too much time. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get home. <laughs> oh, it's all good. We, uh... We all have exciting things going on. You, of course, getting ready to fight one Davy Grant, which is a hell of a fight. It's it's pretty wild to just kind of go from Randy Costa to, to Davy Grant and Gustavo Lopez before that. Like, what have you made of the matchmaking? You must be, like, thrilled with it in terms of exciting fights and how people are reacting to them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been loving the matchmaking as, as of late. Like, it, it was... It's been really like it, they're putting me in really good situations and really good fights because, man, you got someone like Gustavo Lopez, who's just a come forward type of guy. And then another guy like Randy Costa, uh, I feel like they're putting the pressure on me a little bit because they're like, yeah, we're going to keep tossing you guy after guy after guy because uh, we're going to give you nothing but bangers. But also, I don't mind that because those are the type of fights that I love uh, personally, because uh, that Randy fight, you know, for myself, there was a lot to learn from it. But also l- looking back, I was like, man, a lot of people were super excited about how that fight went and everything. So me personally, I always know I can do better. But also with this this Davy Grant fight, it's just super cool that I get like a really good name. Like he's a really good name in the UFC, like really, really well established. And like he's actually like a, uh, like he was on a three fight win streak right before he lost to Cheeto Vera. But even in that Vera, in that Vera loss, he was never out the fight if that makes sense he was always he was he was in it but he was never like completely out like he wasn't like dominated hit hit, hit with the 10-8 or anything like that but it was it was a really good fight so like I'm really I'm really excited for this matchup when you talk about the Randy Costa fight and things that you took away from it things you need to, to learn from and grow from what specifically stood out to you and I, I needed to get going a little bit more and then also too just being able to adapt quicker uh, cause there was a couple things. There was like that jab that he was throwing. I didn't know that he had, he even had a jab in that fight. So like, cause even fights before he was coming in, just kick heavy punch, like never set anything up. So for him to be able to, to set something up, like he set the jab up, he set the pace up pace really quickly. Uh, so just me being able to adapt a little bit faster, move around, don't stay still. And like, don't not not be too flat-footed move around use my feet a little bit more because that was also part of it I wasn't moving as much as I should have been and once I got in my rhythm that's when I started moving again so uh, I need to be moving a lot faster a lot earlier and then also uh, move my head a little bit more you know of course but with that Randy fight the kicks were coming the like the head kicks were going to come so you you of course you want to move your head but at the same time that like he was so like flexible with his kicks that he just could get he can get that left head kick up like with with ease and it'd feel like man he was out of position no but he would land it so uh there's a there's a couple adjustments to make uh kind of get an earlier start move around and not uh not just stay in one spot you know so move a little bit more 
you think it's something that maybe you start like warming up a little bit harder before you go out there? Like, is it, is it like that? Or is this just something like as soon as the fight starts, you need to, you know, take a couple seconds to see what's going on, but then just, just get out there a little bit faster. Is it, is it typical for you to, to kind of start like that? Uh, no, honestly, it's, it was honestly kind of like a preparation type of thing. Cause I was, I was fully like, I already knew that he was going to come out really strong in that first, in that first round. So like a part of me was like already going to think of like, uh, like kind of just kind of tank it out. If that makes sense. Like I was going to like, he was going to throw kicks and what I was really planning on doing was countering off the kicks in that Randy fight. So I was like, I'm a counter off these kicks. I'm a counter off these kicks. But once he started throwing the punches, I was like, okay, when's this next kick coming? And I was waiting for things and I was like, Oh crap. Like he's, he's coming in hands heavy. And I was like, Oh, so that's whenever I started like being able to uh, move around and start being able, able to pressure. But once I realized that, Oh wait, he came in with a completely different game plan than what I had originally thought. Uh, that's whenever I started being more on my feet, but it was honestly like a preparation thing. I, I wasn't, I was kind of like in my sparring sessions and a lot of my, my, uh, my training sessions, I was just kind of like, I was being the guy that was kind of just like, I didn't move around as much. And that was my fault. That was on, that was on my end. You know, it wasn't anybody else's fault. Like I should have been moving my feet either way. So this, on this training camp, we focused a lot on movement, a lot on being explosive and a, and a lot of like a punch variety counters and countering everything, not just like certain, certain spot, not just like a, a certain combination or a certain kick or a certain thing where we're, we're countering everything, uh, starting and finishing. What I mean by that is, uh, starting, uh, engage in the fight counter and then counter. So we're doing a lot of, a lot of things like mixing it up, working on some wrestling and everything. So do, just make being all well, well-rounded, you know, so it's, it's been great. Yeah, that was a great fight. It lived up to the expectations. You're moving on to fight Davey Grant. He's moving on to fight relatively soon as well. Is there a part of you that, that kind of misses Randy a little bit? Because the build to that fight was tremendous. And you guys are both in like such, such great spirits, great moods in the lead into that fight. Is there a part of you that kind of misses him a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was fun. That was like the first time I ever hugged a fight, a fighter before we went to go fight. Like literally at the fighter hotel, right before we, we, we got onto the shuttle to go, like the, the, usually the security guards are just like, Hey, like y'all like make sure they go at this time. They go at this time, but we, they didn't care. They just let us walk to our shuttle whenever we wanted. And we just happened across the pass and we like, like me and him hugged it out and then me and his corners hugged it out and like our corners hugged it out. So it was pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's honestly pretty cool, but uh, you know, that, 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 I think that's just Randy though. Randy's like just a really great guy himself. So uh, now it's kind of more like, Hey, now I don't have to punch someone I like, you know, I can punch someone who I might like, but I won't know till after the fight. Cause I haven't talked to him or anything like that. There's been no, no social media stuff or anything like that. So it's kind of cool, but also it's kind of just like, man, like, uh, it's like, yeah, I kind of want to talk to him, but at the same time, I was like, nah, I don't know if he'll take it like how Randy did, but it's a, it's fun. It's all fun in games, man. Cause at the end of the day, we are going to have to go in the cage and punch each other. You talked about how we talked about the matchmaking and how they're kind of throwing you into the fire. 
do you feel like they see something in you? Do you feel like they're just putting you in the test? Like, I'm not saying like the guys you fire are like gatekeepers or anything, but they're definitely like litmus tests more than anything, right? Like build you up. All right. If he could beat this guy, he could take that next step. I feel like Davey Grant is just outside of the top 15. And I feel like this is your test to get into the top 15. I think with the win here, you probably get there. Do you feel the same way? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've all, I've always, I've always looked at Davey Grant as like that guy that's that he's a tough fight for anybody. He's a, he's a really, really tough fight. You go against Davey Grant. Of course you have to be on all your P's and Q's. This guy is just like, he's that guy. He's, he's the guy that like wants to be like in the top 15. He's trying to gain, he's trying to get that belt as well, just like how I am. But man, these, these last couple fights, like they, they have been uh, pushing it a little bit. They have been like trying to see where we're at. And I didn't, I honestly didn't think they would, they would put somebody like, against me and Randy against each other, but they did, they put a prospect versus prospect fight and they, they saw who came out the winner. And now they're like, okay, well prospect versus prospect. Now let's throw him against a guy who's a hard nosed veteran like Davey Grant. So yeah, I do feel like they see something in me. And if I come out and I start skate Davey Grant, like what, what else is there to say about me? They're like, all right, this guy's going to need to be in the top 15. So, uh, man, I, I believe I do knock Davey Grant out. It's just a matter of when and how I do it. But at the end of the day, man, I know he he's bringing heavy, heavy leather and he's not an easy. He's definitely not an easy fight. He's going to come in hard nose, ready to, ready to take my head off. So I got to be, I got to be on my P's and Q's. So with the win over Davey, it should, it should put me right there. If, if not, if not like right outside, I should be like 16, 17, right, right there. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a number, number next to my name right after that fight. Did I see that you signed a new deal before putting pen to paper on this fight? Congratulations on that. I assume you're, you're quite happy with this new deal. Oh yeah. I'm, 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 I'm extremely happy. I feel like I'm, I'm doing all the right things and uh, man, I've been performing. I've been really, really performing these last three fights that I've, I've, I've put on, I've gotten, uh, another performance bonus on top of these. So I was just kind of just like, once, once we re-upped the contract, I, I saw the numbers and I was like, I'm extremely okay with this. This is, this is, this is nice. I love this contract. Uh, but I am looking for more. So I am, I am looking to put on better performances and try to get those numbers a little bit higher. I was like, just like, uh, just like in the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, you got to pump those numbers up. So that's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And especially right now, I saw one of the, the doc, one of the Dawkins brothers, you know, I was, we were tied, we were tied for the uh, most consecutive knockouts. And like right now, number five is Francis Ngannou. And I think it's, uh, I forget which Dawkins brother it is, but he's at number four with his last performance. So I'm Chris. number, I'm in, I'm in number three. Yeah. Chris, I was like, I'm in number three. So man, I'm trying to get tied up with number two and then trying to follow right there uh, after Ngannou. And I would be the smallest. I, I think I would be the smallest, uh, uh, one of the smaller guys that's actually at that on those, on that list. So I'm, I'm trying to be the, uh, number. I'm trying to be the leader in that list. So, you know, Hey, you know, not, not just all the heavyweights are getting all the knockouts, you know, small guys can do it too. So, uh, you know, hopefully those will pump my numbers up too. <laughs> are you a guy that's, that, that gets motivated by your divisions fights? Like after watching Jan and Sanhagen and then watching Cheeto Vera and Frankie Edgar do the damn thing on Saturday, this past Saturday, 
Are you, does that fire you up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause it just kind of reminds you like, man, this is, this is a division where you have to be on your P's and Q's. You have to be like dialed in at every, every single second. I can't have that first round. Like I had against Randy against those guys in the top 15, they take full advantage of it. So that's why I have to shift. And they gave me something to work on whenever I fought Randy uh, to, you know, try to close up, close out those gaps, make sure I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting better at every second, every second, every step. And then going up there and training with Aljo, seeing like how far I am and everything away from that top. And um, after realizing it's like, Oh, it's those small little mistakes that costs big at the end of the day. So I have to close those up so I can be closer. It's like, I'm not far, I'm not far off. So it's like right there. I just need to keep, keep adding and keep working and keep closing off all those gaps. So whenever I, whenever I do get there, it's, it's super easy for me to take it. And those, like, even just like those fights, like Corey Sanhagen and that Peter Jan fight, like there was a lot of, like whenever I'm outside observing, just looking in, I could see the high levelness. And I can also see where like, this is what I would do in this situation, but also these, like with, 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 um, with what I'm looking at, like for myself, like my skills against stacked up against Corey Sanhagen or, or Peter Jan, like I like my chances just for, for the boxing sake, I like my chances against Peter Young because uh, I feel like I have some of the best boxing in the 135 division. But, man, like, it's it's they're all super, super tough fights. They're all super, super tough fights. And even just, like, just trying to get into the top 15, you're fighting nothing but killers. So it's like it's you don't have an easy fight once you get there. So, of course, like, they all excite me. Even just seeing uh, Cheeto Vera knock out uh, Frankie Edgar, I was like, uh, was just kind of just one of those things that that's a reminder. Even these guys who are just like, who like are, I think I forget where, uh, where Cheeto was ranked at, but he just knocked out Frank Yeager, who was the lightweight champion. So you, you have to be on your P's and Q's at every single moment. Did you see the picture of Cheeto's face, Cheeto's foot on Frankie's face? Did you see that zoom in? Oh man, I, yeah, it's, it's been all over Instagram, Twitter, and everything. And I'm just like, man, please, man, I love Frankie. Stop I know, right? it. <laughs> Stop he it, doesn't man. deserve this. He's like, man, he's the one guy who I wish it didn't happen to was uh, Frankie, and it happened to him, man. That's because he's a, because man, if it wasn't for a guy like him, you know, he, like he made it, he made it possible for guys like like uh, us, like smaller ways to be noticed and everything, you know, and also like people like Jose Aldo and, uh, and Dominic Cruz, you know, if it wasn't for them. They wouldn't, we wouldn't have a 135, 145 division or 125 division in the UFC. So uh, those guys, like, like, I'm just like, man, Hey, you know, leave those guys alone. But of course it's the internet. Everybody's going to uh, take and run with what they can with everything. You could end up fighting all three of those guys in the next two years, man. Like you and Frankie Edgar, it's very possible that if you win this fight, you and Frankie Edgar could be fighting next. Like, do you think oh, about yeah. that? Yeah, no, I really do think about that. And honestly, it's it's one of those that like, man, those are all uh, those are all great fights. And those are all fights that I've, I've always kind of like, those are dream matchups for me. And man, like, I, I would just hate to be the guy that would that would put Frankie out. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I would feel like Corey Sanhagen after knocking him out, be like, man, like, yeah, that was a nice knockout, but just knocked out Frankie Edgar, man. Like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, but it would still be a dream fight. I just would hate doing that. So like, cause I, cause I like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm trying to put it respectfully, but he's like kind of getting the, to the tail end of this road. Now, at least like, like Jose Aldo and uh, Dominic Cruz, they're still performing at the top levels and, uh, Frankie Edgar, he's kind of gotten finished in his last couple, you know, the, the, uh, 
he had the uh, Brian Ortega loss, and then he had the uh, and then he had the, uh, the the Korean Zombie loss. Then he gets knocked out by Corey Sanhagen. Then he gets knocked out by Cheeto. I, you know, I, I would hate, I would hate, I would like, I would hate to fight him because uh, I just feel that I would probably, I would more than likely do the same, and it would just would, I just wouldn't want to do that to Frankie. But so, so how would you react if you saw his name on a contract? I, I would be I would be stuck in a surreal moment where it'd be like, holy crap, I'm fighting Frankie Edgar. Uh, but then I would feel really bad after the fight's over with. And I'm just like, I just knock him out. Damn, I would feel bad. But you'd be you would put pen to paper, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I would absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like I'd fight all those guys. I, I would just feel really bad about it because I'd just be like, man, it'd be like I would hope to have like a Israel Asanya. Uh, Anderson Silva type of send off. That's what that's what I would like. But I know what type of fighter I am. I'm going for the kill every single time. You mentioned training with Aljamain Sterling. Obviously, he's the bantamweight champion of the world right now. He went out to Sarah Longo with all those maniacs out there. Did you enjoy the the trip? I'm sure you took a lot away from that. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed all. Like I enjoyed it. Like it was it was one of those things that it, it like I it just showed me that I'm not far off. But also like the how many high level uh, training partners you get out there is it's it's really phenomenal because you get guys who are just really good at wrestling you get guys who are just really good at, at jiu-jitsu you get guys who are just really good at, at striking so just the amount like it's like yeah i have like four or five guys here but they have like 15 to 20 guys at a night so it's just kind of just it's super cool just to get that get that every single every single day like man going to the going to the uh going to sarah's for the jiu-jitsu man was like man like it was, it was phenomenal. I loved it. Going, going, uh, going on those days, man, I was just sitting back, just learning, like learning and seeing, you know, rolling with those guys, you just rolling with those guys and learning like the different positional stuff that they do. And I was like, man, this is, this is super cool. I was enjoying it. I was like, after the rounds, man, usually people are just like, uh, exhausted, but I'm just like, dude, this is so fun. This is so cool. Like, I loved it. Like, I really did love it. It was fun. Did you get to hear voice raised Matt, Sarah, good or bad? Like, did he yell at you, good or bad? I, I re- Sarah was uh was uh was there on Friday, but it was like after we were done rolling everything, we got to talk with him a little bit, and it was it was cool just being just being around like Sarah and everything. He had he had a lot of great things to say, and then even even he had some good things to say about uh, my coach and also Ray. Man, Ray Ray Longo is such a great guy. He's such a he's such a fantastic guy. Both those guys, Matt, Sarah, and Ray Longo, are both sweethearts, man. Uh, and I, I couldn't, I can't say anything bad about them. They're great. Like I, I really, I really enjoyed it and appreciated their time. I can't wait to go back. You mentioned your coach, the, the, the late great salsa Lees who just recently passed away. And I know it's tough for you to talk about, I'm sure, but this is going to be, I believe the first time you fight without him in your corner, or at least one of the first times since you've gotten to the UFC that he hasn't been part of your training camp and, or, or, or right there with you. So what has that been like for you? What has this camp been like without having him there? it's it's been it's been tough and it's been hard uh but also he's he's laid the groundwork for us for a very long time and honestly the way everything's been going and everything i i kind of knew that he was going to start taking some time like me he would talk to me and my training partner cameron all the time and he he was only just after like a couple years like a year or two left before he was actually gonna just coach fighters because he was doing both he was coaching he was coaching the everyday people that come in and also coaching fighters at the same time. And he was actually like, 
a, a year process in, he was actually having me and my training partner, Cameron, kind of start running the fighters camp. And so pretty much like he was already setting us ready for, for a moment when he wasn't going to be here. And I, it, we, we all hoped that it wasn't sooner. It, it wasn't that soon, but uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. It, it has been sucking, but like we've, like we've had the same regiment that we've always had. We've been able to add a couple of things. And also too, it, it's a weird blessing. It's a weird blessing, but we ended up getting another training partner and uh, Rafion Stotts coming down. Uh, so we've like, it's only nothing but been like grind. It's been grind, a lot more grinding, a lot more. Uh, we've been getting a lot back more to our roots of what we usually do and starting to work on a lot of things. So, uh, but it, it's just been kind of, it, it, it has been hard, you know, cause Every every morning, every every Monday, Wednesday morning, I'm kind of just like waiting, like to hear, like, "Hey guys, come on, hurry up, let's go, let's get on the mat," and all that stuff. I'm, I'm I I wait to hear that type of stuff, and uh, it 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 has sucked, but also it's kind of been one of those things that like just I catch myself saying and saying and uh, saying a lot of the and doing a lot of things that he would do, uh, and it's. It's it's weird. It gets it gets emotional too. Like it gets emotional because I'm just like, damn, like that, like I catch myself doing what he had, what he used to do. So, uh, it's it's cool, but also it's just it it does suck, you know, because I I was used to seeing him every day, Monday through Friday, and then even on the on the weekends, like he was like, man, he was a he was a father figure to me too. So it's just like it was a lot. It's been it's been hard, but uh, it. I would, I know, I know he would be pissed off if I was sitting back and just like being all gloomy about everything. So, and like not following what I, what I love to do. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's like, it's like a, it's an honor, it's an honor to like keep on fighting because that's what he would want me to do and to keep on training and running everything, keep everything running as smooth as, as he was, if he was still here. So that's what we're doing. And that's exactly like it. That brings me a sense of pride that I'm able to go out there and uh, keep helping these guys perform. Cause after he passed right now, we're on a, like our team is on a seven and zero run right now. Like we've, we've gone undefeated since he's like, since, since he left, you know, with Liam on uh, winning and then going and having guys fight for fury and everything. We've been dominant. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like I, I want to keep that streak going, and that 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 streak. I want to make it eight zero whenever uh whenever I fight Davy Grant. I thought about. You. I mean, obviously, I thought about you because you and I have talked so often, and I just felt horrible about the news. But also, just seeing the articles get written and seeing everybody react to it in such a positive light, I'm thinking to myself after past conversations we had that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Saul would hate all this attention that he's getting. Like it's, uh, it's all good, but he'd probably hate all of this attention that he's getting. Is that accurate? Like, am I onto something? Like, how do you think he would react to all the, like all of this getting, being in the spotlight? Cause he hated being in the spotlight. Oh, absolutely. He, he hated whenever I'd be like, uh, I, I would, uh, after every interview, I'd be like, Hey, I just want to say if, if it wasn't for Salsa Leash, you know, I wouldn't be in the position I am today and all that stuff. Like I still end every interview like that. And even just in then, like in the UFC and all those post-fight interviews, I'm still giving him credit. He, he just never wanted it. He just never wanted the credit. He just did it because that's what he loved to do. And he's just like, man, I don't know how many times he would, he'd, I'd always be like, man, like you've been in Chris Cyborg's corner. You've been in all these people's corners, but like, they don't ever like say your name like all like they never give you the credit he's like i don't do it for the credit i do it because i love it and i was like yeah but you know hey like you need it like 
man, like, you know, that brings more students. He's like, yeah, I know, but I just love to do this. So I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm like, man, oh, it, would, it would frustrate me. It would really frustrate me. So that's why, that's why, like, I made it a point to tell him, like, man, like, no, when I'm there, when I'm there, you're getting all the credit that you deserve. You, you spent so, so much time with me. You spent so much time getting me better. So whenever I'm here, you're getting it all. I don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> so uh it's 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 it was it's it's been great to give them like as they say like give them their flowers right here while they were here and i was able to do that every single step of the way well said and of course he'll be there watching you on november 20th against davy grant and a banger a fight of the night contender on paper already of course you got a lot to live up to after watching ufc 268 this past saturday but how do we get this thing done you say a finish what what, what are you sort of envisioning in your head Man, I've been envisioning a, a late second round knockout, early third, because uh, I know he's going to be tough. But probably by them, I, I, probably by then, I'll have, I'll have the timing. I'll have like what he does re- repetitiously, and then I know he's going to go. I know he's going to try to wrestle. I know he's going to want to shoot. So, I'll, I'll have a little bit of fight off. But once I get my timing, once everything's set in stone, I, uh, I'll, I'll find a way to finish. I'll get the finish. I know you're not thinking past Saturday, but last question before we let you go next Saturday, how close do you think you're to the belt? Like at least a title shot. Like, I know you don't want to think too far ahead, but you, I'm sure that's something in the back of your mind right now. Like five more wins, four more wins, a little more. Like, what are you thinking right now? How close? It honestly just depends. If I go out there and start David Grant, then I have a, two more fights where I start those guys, it's kind of almost inevitable that they're going to give it to me. But uh, let's just say, let's just say I just, I beat David Grant, and then I feel I feel five to six fights is, would be would do it, uh, but also it depends on my performances because I can go out there and let's just say I just start knocking everybody out that the way I have been doing. It, it would probably be like, yeah, within this next year, like next year I have two fights, they're two spectacular knockouts. They're gonna be like, all right, who can't this kid knock out? Okay, let's put him against the champ. I'm pretty sure that's that's probably the stuff that will happen. So. Uh, in a perfect world where I just knock people out like every single time, uh, next year, by the end of next year, but me knowing how, how, how crazy fighting is, I do say five to six fights. Who wins Max Holloway or Yair Rodriguez on Saturday? Oh man, Max Holloway, Max Holloway, man, Max Holloway numbers. That's, that's one thing I love saying whenever I'm sparring with people, I just look at it I smile like Max Holloway numbers. They, <laughs> they, already know what they, they already know what that means. I'm, I'm pulling numbers today. There you go. Adrian, always appreciate catching up with you, my man. All the best to you next week. And, uh, and in the fight on Saturday, next Saturday, November 20th against Davey Grant. It's a banger, man. I love it. Oh man, thank you. I'm super excited. Uh, big thank you to, big thank you to everybody. Big thank you to yourself for for having me on. Uh, big big thank you to my coach Saul Salise. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. Also, I know he kind of gets he gets a little bit. Uh, he's like, man, you don't never throw my name in there. Uh, man, my coach Phil, coach Phil has been a great been a great addition to to our camp. You know, he's running our strength and conditioning, but also he fight he's fought before, so he well he fights. He's a, he's a martial artist, so it's pretty cool to have him in. So it's, 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 it's cool. And also, thank you to Rhythm Sports Agency. You know, they're a great management team. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, there were certainly some big finishes this past weekend, but none better than from the knee of this man, Roman Feraldo, who delivered one of the more cold-blooded flying knees you will ever see viciously knocking out Robert Turnquist this past Friday at Bellator 271, the promotion's debut in South Florida. So happy to have Mr. Roman Feraldo join us less than a week later. Roman, how are you, man? I am doing great. Doing great, man. Hi, just enjoying it, man. Taking it in. There you go. Look, you've, you've had flying knee finishes in the past. In fact, you did it on the same day last year, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous to think about. But this thing blew up immediately quickly yeah. went viral right away what what has life been like since friday after one of the best finishes of the year you know it's been it's been very enjoyable i got to celebrate with my family uh celebrate with my coaches my friends um and uh just take it in i got to you know i was back in the gym on monday uh you know taking it in the gym everybody congratulated you congratulate me and and uh but it's been awesome man you know just to you, you work really hard and to see it, you know, come full circle and it's been good. But, you know, another thing too, it's right back to it on Monday, getting ready for the next one. So you want to, I mean, obviously you, you want to stay humble about the whole thing. Like you went yeah. in there, you wanted to win a fight. Like this was just cherry on top of the Sunday, but at the same time, like you got to be thinking this, this was unbelievable. Like this is one of those, this is one of those knockouts that when Bellator is playing like intro promos for all of their cards, like this one's going to be there forever right like yeah. when it comes to talking about bellator like do you allow yourself to process that like you don't want to get too deep into it and like you said before we hit record you don't want to get too big-headed about it but you got to at least appreciate what you did on friday right yeah you definitely appreciate it and it's like to see it like 
you know, like you uh, were saying earlier, it was the first Bellator uh, event in uh, South Florida. And, you know, I knew it was going to be a big big event. And I knew I was coming out there prepared and ready to, like, put on a great show and get it, you know, make an amazing highlight. But then to see the exposure of it, like, you know, it's I think for any athlete, especially in America, to make sports center top 10, you know, top top four. I think at one time it was three. I was like, you know, that's a dream come true right there. So you're like, you're taking it in. You're like, dude, this is all like, I think, I think the funny part is it's like when I'm around people, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I, I, I watched it a couple of times by myself. I'm like, I did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you watched it? Uh, I've watched it a lot, but like not, you know, I be, I always watch my fights a lot and a lot of it like comes back to, I try to be like, all right, go see what you did wrong. But, you know, these last couple of fights have been pretty short, but try to pick out what I could have did better. But then, you know, I've, I've watched it a few times and some people got some pretty good, pretty cool, like anime behind it. They did some pretty cool animations and stuff. So I was like, that's pretty dope, man. It's cool to see. What could you pick apart about that performance, though? I know you fighters are the heart, your, your hardest critics. You always criticize. Like, even if you knocked them out in 10 seconds, you'd find something wrong with like one of those seconds. Like, is there anything you found that you wish you could have done better? Um. You know, coming right like right out, I noticed that I circled. So I actually gave him that 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 one opportunity that he shot. I actually circled back into that shot, which I'm looking at, and I like I was moving just a little too much. I was a little excited coming out, so I found myself moving a lot more. And you you notice I kind of settle in right as right before I really start the sequence. I settled in a little bit and I threw a good jab, and I was like, okay, now we're gonna work. And then I was able to find my footing, but. I would say the initial maybe like 30 seconds, I was just kind of like super, super wired, you know, the fans back. It was the first I haven't fought in front of fans in maybe two years. So it was like, you know, fans screaming, like try to take it in, be calm. Don't let the outside noise affect you. But it does, you know, inevitably it gives you energy. And especially the hometown, you know, being there, it was like it was pretty I was, I was amped up. So I had to settle in a little bit right after he shot. I was like, all right, calm down. But. After that, it wasn't too bad. So allow everybody to live vicariously through you for a moment, because most of us aren't going to have the chance to deliver a knee like that. Like, wh- what is that? Like, what did that feel like? Like when the knee landed and he goes out on his feet and crashing to the fence, like wh- what is going through your mind? What does that feel like? It feels, you know, familiar. Like it's been, it's kind of crazy, but that's something that, you know, my coach, Paulino Hernandez, my striking coach, we, you know, we break down film and we look for certain, you know, habits or things that might happen and then we drill it. And that's one of the, you know, that was maybe one of five combinations that we were really working to like set up. So I knew once when I had him rattled and if he was backstepping like the way he was to um, that's what was going to be the shot, either that or our crane kick. I was, I was maybe thinking about doing, you know, some some Mr. Miyagi stuff, but uh, you know, it just it feels familiar. Like even in the back, we were doing it, we were been drilling it, and it was like as soon as I cracked him with the left, I even told my coach, I, I told him, I said, I'm gonna hurt him with the left hand. So it's whatever whatever sequence or distance and placement that I'm at, that's what's gonna come next. And as soon as he took that back step, I was like, here it comes, perfect timing. Took a couple steps, I had to close the distance a little bit, and then once when I realized I was in range, he actually settled back in, and then I and then I hit the switch. So if you watch, if you break it down, as he's backstepping, he stops to settle, to like to gain ground, and right then is when I hit the switch, and it was just it was beautiful, perfect timing. 
perfect distance. I think, I think that's the biggest thing for me was just getting the distance right and fully extending my hips through the last, my last knockout, the guy ducked a little bit too low and I went too high. So this one, I was trying to really drive it straight up into his chin and it landed and it was flush. And it was like, as, as I hit, I can, I, I don't know how else to break it down. As it hit, it was just like, I, I knew, I felt it. I felt his face crush. Like I, I've, and, and the grant, like, I hate to go there with it, but like, you know, when you knock somebody out, when you hit it clean, you know, it. and, um, by all means, I hope Robert's, you know, healing. And uh, that was a hard knockout to take, but I knew it as soon as I hit him, he was out. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're a fighter and you go in there and finish the fight, however you got to do it. But I mean, there's gotta be a part of you. I mean, you're a family man, you get kids and all that stuff. Like, like, man, I really hurt this guy. Like the way he fell, like I'm thrilled to get the win, but that was a, I mean, that was a nasty knockout. Like, boy, he and might be a- in a bad way here. Yeah, there's it's vicious, man. And you know, like the sport, man, it's brutal. It there's there's you know, it's extreme and that's why people love it. There's no it's very small, you know, the a massive reward to really, really pitfall. So um, you know, you know what what you did on there, and then like in the moment you're super excited and then you just kind of snap back in reality, like I just put this fan out. So, you know, I got by all means wish the best for him and his healing and recovery, but it's good to go out there and, uh, and and perform because at the end of the day, if the roles were reversed, I think he'd be sitting here with a big smile on his face too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Touche. That's not going to be your career. <laughs> yeah. By far. I think, you know, fans, uh, placement, timing, promotion, by far the best knockout. You gave props to Jorge Mazadal. You said this is a birthday present for him. Definitely. That I did, it, did it for him last year too, <laughs> man. <laughs> How does he respond to these birthday presents? Like most people want like lavish gifts and you're giving them flying knees. Yeah. He responds. He responds to telling me, he's like, all right, time to get back to wrestling guy. Let's go. Sending you to Pennsylvania to work with, with Bo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to ask you this and it, look, I, it's brotherly stuff. It's sports, your teammates, you look up yeah. to Jorge. It's, it, it's your opinion. Mazadal's yeah. knee on Askren is an all-time yeah. moment. This is going to live on forever because of everything that went into it. The big thing there is best knockout in UFC history. Right. And then I'm rushing them, just putting them completely out. So, Yeah, the build-up, the stakes, all of that, just the, the breaking Every, the records, et cetera. Yeah. From a technical standpoint, from an X's yeah. and O standpoint, who did it better? You or Mazadal? Me. <laughs> <It was you? laughs> I, I think I think what I love about Mazadal and our coach Paulino, he's very – Paulino's very elusive and tricky. You know, he'll say he's like, he's all about setups and timing. So I love that. And what I love about the Jorge knockout is that, is that fact is like, who was expecting him to circle to the right and then just explode out with nobody. And Ben, Ben reacted as Ben would duck and duck right into a shot, which inevitably he ate of a truck to the face. So it's like, that was beautiful. It was like, it was one of those, it was one of those moments where like, I know what he's going to do. It's, you know, almost like a premonition type deal. I know what he's going to do and I'm just going to be there. I'm going to be there to, to land it. So I think in, as far as like trickiness and just right place, right time, doing everything right, Masvidal. But I think as far as like setups, if you watch that, I was using my jab, threw the jab maybe three or four times. I was pulling, I was pulling that parry across and then I threw the jab. He parried just like I wanted him to immediate check left hook. I knew it was coming. And then after I caught him with the check left hook, I was like, I got you. Here it comes. And 
Bam. So I think as far as setups go, I think mine was better. But. This is, uh, I appreciate the honesty. This is, uh, I mean, one of, one of the big things that came out of knockout is like, this is a contender for knockout of the year in 2021. Cause a lot of people look at the UFC, they look at like some of the bigger fights, main card fights, title fights, et cetera. But is this the knockout of the year in your opinion? Like, is there some, is there a knock another knockout this year that you've seen that stands out more than what you did on Friday? You know, it's the best part about getting the knockout when I did, it's at the end of the year. So I think it's going to be fresh in everybody's minds. You know, um, beginning of the year, there was a look at Dustin, Dustin's knockout against Connor. The beginning of the year was at the beginning of this year, yeah. you know, expected that, um, which was great. And then, uh, I know there was a couple of other ones, um, see off the top of the head. I can't really think about it right now, but I definitely think it's a contender and it's cool. Just the, I, you know, it's cool just to be nominated for like the idea that like, people are talking about it being knocked out of the year. It's like, that's like big props alone. So, um, but man, I, let's see, let's see, man. That, that'd be amazing to get an SP or something for a knockout of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so after the win, you, you call for a step up in competition. You mentioned Jason Jackson. You thought that was a good fight. A guy who, in my opinion, he very well could be next to fight for the belts against Yaroslav Amosov, the way things have lined up at this point. Interesting call out. Why, why him over some of the other ranked guys in the division? You know, I'll be honest with you. I've seen his, I've seen him and his, his style. And I think, you know, as far as like a fight, like I, I've said it in the interview too, I'm an entertainer at the end of the day too. So I go out there to put on a show. I want to, I want good fights. You know, I don't want, I don't want fights where it's just going to, you know, somebody just trying to influence. It happens. Just stalling fights. I mean, my, my man, Kiyoshi want to fight off of really just a, um, an overhook, hang, uh, hanging on a wizard and defending and touching. You know, I, I don't want boring fights. I don't want people to try to make it boring fights. I want people who are going to come out and fight. Jason Jackson's a, is a fighter, man. He's a scrapper. He's a dog. And I know, I just see the style and I know him and I would put on a great fight. And, you know, I've been, I just been thinking about it. And in the moment when he asked, that's what popped in my head. I was like, Jason Jackson, man, I think me and Jason Jackson would be a great fight. And nothing, you know, nothing personal. It's no vendetta about teams or anything like that. I just think him and I would have a, a great matchup and, uh, you know, come out as, one, again, another highlight, one for the history books, you know, like that would people think about it like that was a scrap. That was a dog. Both that was two dogs in there fighting and you got the best out of both guys. So did you see his response? I, I heard it, which it makes sense to me, too. You know, I get it. Number four. Why would I? Why would I, if I was in his position and this is, you know, just being totally honest, if I was in position, I haven't fought anybody in the top 10, which, you know, so that gives me no, I guess, weight. And, um, why would you, I'm next in line for the title. Why am I going to waste my time on somebody who hasn't even cracked the top 10 yet? But at the same time, I know who I am. I know my skills. So it was, it was, a you know, a legitimate call out where I believe I can beat the guy. It's just, I'm going to call people out who I want to, I want to put on a show and I know it's going to come out there and, and fight. Cole's mouth still getting fed, man. They you know, get fed. <laughs> what is it? How does that go? Uh, the, the squeaky wheels, the one that gets greased. That's right. Like that. <laughs> squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. If it you doesn't know? squeak, you don't get no grease. So let's go. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think everyone agrees with the step up, whether it's Jason or not. Uh, they do want to see what you can do against some of these ranked guys. And speaking of the rankings, I didn't see your name on the rankings this week. Were you surprised by that? Do you care about that? Nah, 
nah, I don't care. It, it'll happen in time. It, you know, I let my work speak for itself and eventually you won't be able to deny it. That was the great part about the knockout. You can't deny that it was, it was an awesome knockout. It was perfectly set up. So in time, you won't be able to deny me. They won't be able to deny me. I'll, I'll, I'll take, you know, one out at a time and then work my way up. And then by then, you know, people will start talking. I think it's good that we're having this conversation. And the reason why is, and you've probably done other interviews since I remember last year, Joaquin Buckley had that ridiculous knockout that, that, that against Imbica Sag and I, that spinning, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just so, it was a WWE thing. Yeah. It was like a WWF knockout. It was insane. And he talked about very openly and honestly, and he was asked about in the build up to the fight. Like, do you have any pressure to try to build upon that? Because this highlight's going to be everywhere next fight. Everyone's only going to be talking about the knockout, like all of that. And he admitted that, you know, after, after he got his, a knockout in his next fight, that, that pressure was real. He felt it. He felt the need to try to outdo what he had done before. Yeah. How do you sort of handle that yourself? Cause that's probably, you're going to have to deal with that. But again, I feel like you're at the right gym. You have the right mentality around it, but, is there a part of you that thinks that might be something you might have to struggle with heading into your next fight? Um, you know where I'm at. I can't, I can't necessarily even, um, I can't say, but I, I can only imagine, you know, where it happens. Like, all right, next fight, everybody coming up to you, you're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. And yeah, there's, and there's always pressure for me. There's always pressure on myself just to keep like progressing. So it's like, I never want to hit a ceiling and being like cap and cap out. So in my eyes, I'm just trying to figure out ways to become better. And um, if I can do that, then I think that will alleviate the pressure as far as like doing another highlight real knockout um, or in, in the sense going that direction. As, as long as I feel like I'm progressing, I'll be fine. And which I love about my gym, I have great partners who are always pushing me, you know, and uh, yeah, I just just keep 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 moving forward, keep progressing. You know, it's great. It's also humbling to get back in there. Like I was born with Johnny Eblen. He's got a fight uh, in like two weeks, December 3rd. So I was working with him yesterday and I had to get rounds with him. And that was a, it was like, all right, back at it. Hey guy, you get back in here. <laughs> that dude's a maniac too. So Johnny's ready, man. I can't wait to watch this fight. Johnny's, Johnny's going to come out in the, in the evolved fighter. I think, I think you're going to, people are going to see levels that uh, of Johnny's skills. It's all, I'm, I'm so, I'm super excited to watch him fight, but you know, it's a quick snapback. Like, Hey, don't get too big headed. Don't think too much about highlights, get back to the basics, keep grinding, keep working, work on the things that you need to work on. And um, that kind of just centers me back and humbles me. So perfect so. world, perfect world. When do you get back in there? Like, when would you like to fight again? If it were up to you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Thanksgiving's this week and then we got Christmas around the corner. It's the holidays. And um, you know, while I'm in camp, I am away from the family. So I'll probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the holidays and we'll see maybe about getting another fight end of January. Cause that'll give me enough time to really get back in there end of January, February. It seems like, you know, I got a few months that I do really well in. So keep it, keep it pushing. I got, I'm like three or four and oh in February. I'm undefeated in November and I have a few fights in in like the middle uh, May, June area. So probably get it. I'm trying to, I thought perfect world. I would like to fight February may maybe august october and push another one november four fights next year yeah the bellator's got to do a card november 12th no matter even if it's like a a tuesday (laughs) they got to do it to keep the streak going it's like the undertaker wrestlemania like you know flying knees november 12th you can't stop them 
but, but now like you get to transition, right? Because you're training partner, but you're also back to being the husband, back to being the dad, you, you know, you have a yeah. little one at home, but to celebrate her first holiday season, I believe this is exciting yeah. stuff for Roman Feraldo, the dad, the family man, is it not exciting times? Exciting times, man. It's been great. And it's just, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to take it all in and really like be present and, um, just be, you know, I'm, I'm extremely happy where I am in my life and, uh, it's good. I'm just excited for what's coming. I know big things are coming. I can feel it. Um, and, uh, glad to see things are paying out and moving in that direction. How, so, how old is, how old is your daughter? She is, she was four months on Sunday. She was four months on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. She's getting big. She, I, we literally had, took a picture of her. She's already standing on her own. I'm like, Jesus, she's <laughs> slow she, down, slow down. She's a big, she's going to be walking soon. I'm like, man, it's wild, but I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it, man. I, I'm super, super blessed to have my, my partner. She's, she's a lifesaver. She's amazing. She's uh, she's the real, she's a real trooper. I, I just, I just go and beat people up. She's the one that handles everything else. What do you so, say? What do you say? Lifesaver? What do you mean by that? She's just, you know, she's a, she's a great partner, man. She, she handles like for me, uh, you know, we have a, we have a great understanding of what we do and, and a lot of people, you know, it's, this is a, a sport that requires a lot of time and dedication. And, you know, there's times where in every sense, I'm very selfish. I have to be, you know, as far as like, yo, I got to do trying to take my head off. So as far as her, she just is, is supporting me and, and helping me focus on what I need to do, you know, helping with the baby, taking care of the baby, doing things. And obviously, you know, it goes back and forth from what if I, pick up the slack, but man, she's just a super, she's a super trooper, man. She's, she's awesome. She does. She's an amazing woman. I'm, I'm very blessed to have her. Yeah. Not easy to find in, in this no, crazy sport of ours. <laughs> so. That's for sure. And now listen, you got, now you're compiling this highlight reel for your daughter's future boyfriends. If they come over yeah. and they act wrong, just be like, dude, you better, yeah. you better hold that yeah. door open for her. Hey, listen, this is going to be, you know, the, what was that movie? when he brings a guy into the, the, the garage with all the Samoans. I'm like, that's, listen, I'm just going to have, I'm going to bring you to eight shoot to all the, the heavyweights and light heavyweights. Like you fuck up. You're going to deal with these guys on a regular basis. I'm going to give them your address and I'm going to have them come over Monday through Sunday. All right. <laughs> that's so funny. La last thing before I get, before I let you go, I appreciate the time. What's the, what's the, I made it fight for you. Like the matchup where, you know, it's not about any trash talk or any of that, the sort of like, I don't know if a dream fight's the right word, but the fight where, yeah. you know, if I get paired off with this guy, I've, I'm there. Like, I, I'm not going to settle there, but I know that I am at that next level. I'm right where I need to be. I'm right there in terms of where I want to go. Like, who's that fighter? What's that fight for you? Oh, you know, there's, there's a lot, man. You know, I think about the future. If it's, if it's in Bellator, I think it's me and Lima. Um, I think that would be, Lima's a, a savage, bro. He has, crazy knockout power. He's, he's lethal. All his strikes are lethal. And I think me and him would sit there and bang. Um, you know, who knows? I, I, I mean, not to, not to take it out of Bellator, but you know, the best guys in the world also in UFC, I think that man, um, what's the Kazmat, the Russian Shemaev. I, Shemaev, excuse me. He's, uh, I look at him. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have to fight him in the future for sure. Definitely. I like, I'm like, I'm, I'm preparing. I'm telling my coaches, like, we got to get ready for this guy because I'm going to, I'm going to see him in the future for sure. 
And um, I always wanted to fight Usman. I've always wanted to fight him. I had I had a me- meeting with him. Like like I met him a couple of years ago, and I just remember meeting him, and I was like, I think I could beat this guy. Like, but it wasn't just like a cockiness. I just, you know, as a fighter, as a fighter, you know when you could beat someone, and I just felt like I could beat this guy in a five round fight for sure. So, um, nothing personal or like not cocky. I just, I know, I know me, I know I can see when, when like, like Yurislav, Yurislav gives me work, man. Yurislav's, I think he's the best in the world. In my opinion, his, his ability to transition from striking to wrestling, his top game. I think he's the best in the world. I see him being up there for a while. So I like, in a sense, like put, I rate him like where I need my skills to be. I need to be up there with him. And, um, but yeah, I I think I could be useful. <laughs> That's a bad, Yaroslav's a bad dude, man. I've never, yeah. you met, you mentioned Lima and how much of a savage he is. I was, I was at the fight where Amosov beat him for the title. I've yeah. never seen Douglas Lima look so frustrated in my entire life between rounds. Like he was just like, what, what the hell I am I supposed to do with this? Like, I, there's I, nothing I can do. Yeah. And that, and that's what he does. He's, he's, when I work with him, he's usually a step ahead. He understands, he's been doing it for so long, you know? So he's, he's usually just you know, kind of controlling the dance. And, um, that's what I love about him. I, I try to, I, you know, in a sense, emulate or steal from him copy is he just, he just leads the dance, man. He's really good at it too. <laughs> he's I think, best so at good. it. <laughs> so, so good. How many, if, if you don't mind me asking, how, how many fights do you have left with Bellator, right? Under your current deal? Technically, I have one contract. I have one contracted fight left. We're going to renegotiate here soon and uh, see what see what it plays out to be. I mean, I would love to stay with Bellator. I, I, um, I love the promotion. They take care of me. And, um, you know, everybody working there is awesome. I, I've been it's been in a very enjoyable time when I when I've gotten to, you know, work hand in hand with with the Bellator uh, companies. Uh, in a company association, however you want to call it. So it's been good, man. So if we can get another contract with them, by all means, but you know, we'll, we don't, I really don't know what the future holds right now. I'm just kind of taking it in and then we'll see what numbers play out. I, I think I can compete with anybody really. So see where it goes from there. Well, you're, you're what, 26? Uh, no, I'm a little older than that. I'm 28. I'm a little old. You're a I got dude. I, into a late, you know, I, I started my pro career when I was, I think I was 26 years old. So I've been pro for two years now. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's good. 28. Listen, I got, 20. I got a, de- I got a decade on you. So I don't, I mean, you're no. good to go. I, I got, I told myself, I told myself I'd be champ by, by the time I'm 30, 32. So it'll be give, it gives me a couple of years to really build. I feel next, this next year, this next coming year, I'll really make a statement as far as like who I am and where I belong in the division. As far as welterweight, people will know who I am by the end of 2022. 2023 i will have fought some like top five guys and and then um you're talking about me fighting for a title for sure within with i think within two years for sure i like it you got your your mind in the right place very very good to see in in this crazy sport of ours you're not even in your athletic prime yet so you're good to go man you got a a very bright future ahead of you i think everyone got to see that on friday and have seen in your previous fights as well but congratulations roman i appreciate the time very much bask in this knockout for a little while longer you know, cheers to it at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I think you deserve that. And uh, all the best to you the rest of the holiday season throughout the new year. And uh, we'll see you back there January, February, perhaps. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate your time. All right. Let us-
speak to one of the big winners of this past weekend. Sean Woodson stopped Colin Anglin with some nasty body shots at UFC Vegas 42 this past Saturday. Second straight win, three and one inside the octagon. He was indeed the sniper at the UFC Apex. Sean, how are you, man? Doing great, man. Like I just said, uh, on cloud nine, still on a high from the fight, ain't came down yet. Yeah, I mean, great performance. Congratulations on the victory. Because you and I, we've talked after dominant decision wins, after tough losses, close split decision wins. You trying to make a case for the judge getting the the rulings correctly in your fight over Yusuf Zalal. But now we're talking about a finish, a first round finish at that. First stoppage win in over two years. This has got to be a much better interview to do, right? Dude, yes. Yeah, like I really, uh, I mean, I'm going to do my best, but yeah, I can't, it's hard to put into words like how, good it feels how uh happy i am to get that first round finish and my first finish in the U- first official finish in the ufc i had that contender series finish but like you said it's been two years and yeah man it feels great one thing i noticed immediately when you were being introduced i actually messaged ed about this at the time not that you didn't look in great shape for your fights before but it seemed like this fight you looked in the best shape of your career you looked big you looked really physical. You looked like this was the best camp of your career from a physical sense, strength and conditioning, what have you. Was there a big difference this time around? Did you feel like you were in prime form physically heading into this thing? Cause I noticed it. Yeah, man. I mean, that's thanks to this place where I'm at now. I'm at my strength and conditioning coach's gym right now. And yeah, we've been getting better every fight. My last fight against Yusuf, you know, even though I wasn't, you know, happy with the performance or whatnot, but I still felt like watching that fight back. That's something I noticed as well. I'm like, man, I look a lot more, uh, thicker, more muscular. You know, I've never been the guy, the, the muscular guy or whatever, never had muscles. I think that Yusuf fight was the first fight I went into with some actual muscles. And uh, yeah, we just keep getting better with every fight. My strength conditioning coach is uh, learning me me more. You know, he's told me, you know, I'm, I'm different than anybody he's ever worked with. Everybody is is aware that I'm built different. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got my body down to a T and we just keep adding and getting better every fight camp. I definitely, yeah, and going into that fight, I felt even better than the last fight, and I felt stronger than ever and more durable than ever, and, yeah, it was in my best physical form, yeah. You never really notice it yourself, right? You, you sit there and you work out and you change regimens, and, like, other people tell you, oh, you look great, you look great, but, like, you never really see it in yourself. Like, are you starting to see it in yourself, right. like, the definition, all that stuff? Yeah, so, yeah, like, even, you know, a, a while ago, people were telling me, you know, oh, you look so much better in it. But uh, yeah, to be honest, I didn't really see it myself. Other people were saying they saw it, but I didn't see it myself. But yeah, these last two fights, my fight before the last one and this fight, I've seen major differences and felt major differences for sure. It seems like in the fight, you took the right path, the path of least resistance because your size, the length, the reach, very tough to navigate. Colin is a scrapper, man. He's a guy that likes to get in close turn it into a hockey fight and you didn't allow that to happen. And when he tried, you thwarted all of those attempts. Is, is that the kind of fight you were preparing for? Just keep him at range and avoid all the hockey brawls. Yeah. I was convinced that it was going to be a dog fight. I was convinced that, uh, and ready to, I thought I, uh, was gonna, it was gonna, all my, all my skills are going to be on display. I was, I knew I, you know, my last fight with Yusuf, he shot for almost 20 takedowns. I knew I was anticipating Colin on doing the same thing. I knew I would be able to defend. I was confident I'd be able to defend most of them. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like, he'll probably get one or two. So, you know, there's going to be some some ground work going on. And, yeah, I just I just anticipated a dogfight. I, I, I was confident I was going to get the finish, but I just thought it was going to 
take, it was going to be a process. I thought I was going to have to break them down. I thought I was going to have to, you know, weather a storm and get it like, you know, late in the second or maybe third. But yeah, I was uh, definitely anticipating a different fight. The body shots are landing, but there's one in particular that got his attention. He could keep his poker face no more. And you noticed it. You gave him the old points that a Kembe Matumbo, it almost, and uh, the sniper set up, you know, where you, you knew it would be a matter of time before this thing was going to end, especially in the apex. Did you hear a grimace? Like what, what went through your mind when you landed that big shot that, that seemingly turned the whole course of the fight hundred percent in your favor? So right off the bat, like, I think it might've been like maybe 30 seconds into the fight. I hit him with a, a quick snappy teeth kick to the uh, solar plex area. And he had kind of grimaced and made like a little grunt noise, but he, he did a good job of keeping his composure. And I wasn't really sure if it had hurt him. Thought it did, but like I said, wasn't sure. Uh, I threw a couple more and noticed he was, you know, really making it a point to protect his body. So I'm like, yeah, that might, and it was just questionable. But then, it, like you said, it got to a point where he couldn't keep his poker face anymore. And I knew that he was hurt to the body. And, uh, yeah, there was a there were several punches before that uh, that sequence up against the cage where I hit him in his body and he grimaced hard and heavy to where I knew I'd hurt him. And then, uh, yeah, he was really making it a point to protect that body. So I went up top and started uh, busting him up to the face pretty good. And then he started protecting his head more. And then that's when I was like, okay, yeah, it's time to go back downstairs. And that's when I uh, put together the shots to finish the fight. There's a lot of new fans in this sport, Sean, with this new ESPN era, some of the bigger stars that have come in. And a lot of these fans are, you know, they're, they're not overly familiar with MMA. They're looking for, for headshot knockouts, flying knees, all that crazy stuff. And I know you talked about it a little bit at the at your post-fight interview at the scrum with all the media. The body shot is such an underrated move in this sport. And it's so nasty. And the more you watch the sport, I feel like the more you appreciate it. So for those newer fans, like, how would you put into words or describe the brutality of a clean body shot? Like one of those liver shots, like what does that feel like in your words? Yeah. If, if you ain't felt it, you just don't understand. You know, I felt it a ton of times. It, uh, it, it cripples you. It, it paralyzes you, you know? Uh, yeah. You can't breathe. You, you know, your body is just shutting down. And like you said, it's very underutilized in MMA, you know, in boxing, you see it all the time. Guys it up body head, body head, but in MMA, a lot of guys just headhunt, you know, and when the guys do go to the bodies, a lot of times, you know, they're ripping hard tie kicks to the body. And uh, yeah, just if, if the body is attacking MMA, nine times out of 10, it's going to be from some heavy kicks, but it, cause guys don't, uh, they don't go to the body with their hands a lot in MMA. So yeah, I, uh, that's my, that comes, that's my boxing background, just uh, mixing it up body head, body head. And yeah, if you haven't felt it, you, you just don't know when you get hit with a clean body shot, uh, placed the right way, you there. there's nothing you can do. You get the finish. You do it on a card headlined by Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. I saw a photo with you and Max after the event. Pretty cool. Uh, what was that like speaking to Max? And even if you got to talk to Yair during the week, what was that like? They were both really cool. Like, like super cool. Like, uh, you know, I've met a ton of guys since I've been in the UFC. I've met a ton of guys, you know, my whatever and uh you know unfortunately a lot a good amount of these fighters aren't as cool as they may seem when they're doing their interviews and the cameras on them you know they kind of they kind of fake it and uh but but neither one of them were like that at all Yair and Max are both solid dudes super cool great vibes great energy uh yeah just 
cool to be around, easy to talk to. Max was super cool. Yair was too. I uh, I seen them both uh, a lot in the at the hotel and you know at the apex and stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm huge fan of them. Huge fan of both of those guys. More so Max than Yair, just because you know I uh, Max has uh, been around longer and you know uh, done more. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, they were both super cool. Who is who is a, a phony baloney? that you've talked to who is a, a phony baloney give me give me one name uh no, I, I can't even do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i don't even want to do that because but it, it's a good amount i'll say this is it's too many to count too many to count and i and uh, yeah like that was kind of uh just a uh, i don't even know how to explain it like not upsetting just i was just like damn i didn't think um uh, it was like that it's it's, it, it's a good amount of them all right. Some, some surprises though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Some guys on them. Yeah, for sure. I you only- <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get it. And I, and here's, here's why I asked you this and, and here's why I'm not surprised that you answered it that way, because in this sport, Sean, as you know, and you're learning the more time you spend in the UFC, when you mm-hmm. say things, sometimes yeah. it can get taken out of context. Yes, Some yeah, fans I- hear what they want to hear, right? And you were asked about Max Holloway saying he's the best boxer in the UFC in the back. You said I'm you glad. disagree with that. Yep. Yeah, so let me just let me just build this up for you, and then I'm going to let you wax poetically on this because you said Wait. something to the effect of, I'm not sitting here saying I beat him, but I disagree with that sentiment. He wouldn't do me like he's done everybody else. And, of course, people see the headline, and they just – they see the clip and they're like, oh, look at this Sean Woodson dude, four fights in the UFC saying he's going to go out there and beat Max Holloway, even though you said otherwise. So put this to rest, Sean. Dive a little deeper into hey, what you were trying to say so there's no more questions. I've been ready to clear this up. Yes, man. Not only fans, but like the media, boy. Y'all, y'all, not you, but when I say y'all, I'm a fan y'all, but yes, y'all will take some shit and run with it, boy. It's crazy. Uh. Yeah, I got asked about Max a couple uh, a couple times, and I feel like people totally took that out of context. In no way at all was I disrespecting that dude or, uh, you know, saying I would beat him or talking down on him. I have so much respect for Max, and, like, that dude's inspired me a lot. Uh, I was just answering the question, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to, you know, hold my tongue, so to say. But uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I just, yeah, no, no way, you know, I, you know, I just, I got asked the question. I was on the same card as him. And for some reason, a few people felt the need to, you know, ask me about that. But yeah, all I was saying is, you know, like guys like, uh, you know, you've seen Max, uh, you know, Max and Brian Ortega, Max and Calvin Cater. Those are the two fights really I was, uh, had in mind when I said what I said, but yeah, by, by no means am I sitting there saying that, you know, I'll, I'll beat Max Holloway. That dude's a former champ vet 10 times over or whatever. But I have to, like, you know, speak on how I feel, and I 100% feel like he would not do me the way he did them. You know what I'm saying? That's no disrespect at all. You know, I just, I just, I, you know, I mean, being at this, this top level, you know, you got to have that self-belief. You got to believe in yourself. And I do believe that I'm one of the best, if not the best in the world. Just It's just going to take time to prove that. But, yeah, I, yeah, people, uh, they heard that, man. I seen some headlines. You know, that's all they wanted to talk about was me saying that about Max, and that's so goofy. I, I'm, I'm learning as I'm going, though. Like, I'm learning. I got to, like, when the dudes ask me this question, I'm going to have to, like, uh, one, one check them on it right off the bat. Like, you know, uh, uh, you know I'm going to start calling these guys out. Like, whenever 
uh, media or somebody asks me a question and I feel like they're trying to stir up some shit and start some shit, I'm definitely going to call them out on it. Just like they want to, you know, call us out on stuff. Well said. Uh, Yeah. And I didn't think you handled it wrong at all. I I don't think it could have been taken out of context because you literally said those things. Like I'm not saying I can beat Max, but you know, if we were to fight and like it was straight boxing, I don't feel like he would do to me what he did to some of these other guys. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but still like some fans just see the clip or they see the headline and they they didn't even, they didn't even listen to you. They just respond to it. And then I hated that, like, you know, that came out right after I sat here and like spent fight week around this dude and like was talking to him and like we were, he was super friendly and cool. He took a picture with me and then it turns around and gets spin off in these interviews. Like I'm talking shit on him. It's like, that's, that's so fake. And like, that's not my MO at all. Like, yeah, I wasn't, that wasn't what I, that wasn't, that's, I wasn't on that at all. What did you think of the fight itself between Max and Yair? Did you get a chance to watch it after your fight? Yeah, we, uh, my coach uh, had it up on his phone while we were uh, at this pizza place eating some pizza. And yeah, man, those dudes got after it. That was an exciting fight. It was a great fight. Uh, oh my Lord. Are you we there? We lost you. We lost you. There he is. He's back. I, I don't, I'm going to have to figure out how to like stop people from calling me while I do these interviews. Like, do I go on airplane mode or something? I don't even know. I think so. It's all right. Great. Yeah, that, yeah, it was a great fight. Yair really surprised me after a two-year layoff. You know, like he came out there and performed. Uh, I seen he was banged up real bad. Max, uh, you know, Max shows so much heart and, and toughness like he always does. His leg was up pretty bad early on, but he ended up going the full five, and it was a great back-and-forth fight. So you were asked about who you might want to fight next, and you usually have a name in mind. The post-fight, you had like 14 names in mind. It was hilarious, but the one that seems to be the most consistent name of this laundry list of guys you want to fight, Melzik Bagdazarian seems to be at the top of your list, seems to be the most consistent one. Why is that? That's the one. That's the one I want. Uh, just because, well, one, I don't. I, it, first off, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys raising their hand to fight that dude. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it's a tough fight. By no means am I calling that dude out because I think it's an easy fight. I think that's some some chump shit when guys call call guys out that, you know, they uh, when the guys call for easy fights, you know, and I, I think calling out Melsic, I feel like that's, you know, not the case at all. Like that dude is tough. Uh, he's a striker you know I'm a striker I just feel like it's a fight where that'll be super exciting it's a fight that you know that I you know your fighters say all the time you know they want fights that excite them and fights that they'll get up for that's a fight you know I love that that danger factor you know what I'm saying I love feeling and, and it's a fight that I, I'm pretty sure I'll be the underdog and that's you know if I can have it my way I want to be the underdog every time uh it's just a fight that really excites me that threat and that danger really excites me and I just know I can beat him and uh, he's uh, he has like a lot of striking credentials, and I feel like you know out striking that dude and beating him would put a lot of respect on uh, my striking. Uh, and also because he fought recently, you know the time the timeline just matches up. He just fought recently, you know. I just saw with my callouts, I try to make them as realistic as possible. He fought like a week or two prior to me, and you know I just fought, so our turnaround time should be around the same. And yeah, that's just a fight that I really want. And the Josh Kulabal fight never came together. I'm surprised by that. It seemed it was the most I'm, respectful call it ever. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing that dude. Now, yeah, he didn't want he didn't want the fight. he didn't want the fight. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. Like whenever I, uh, you know, whenever I with a fight, I want to be confident that the dude's going to show up. If you give me the vibe at all that you don't want the fight, I don't want no parts of it because you know I, I've seen too many times 
guys like you know accept fights when i feel like they already have it planned like they're just accepting the fight so that they don't look like a punk and then they already have it from the get-go playing in their head that two three weeks out they're going to get injured or whatever and like yeah i ain't got time for that i want to i want to uh be matched up with guys who i'm confident are going to show up i will say this we host a uh we host a matchmaking show the day after these events and after melzik fought at 268 we had one listener reach out and said they wanted to see if you beat Colin, that's the fight they want to see. And the reason why is this fight writes itself. Like just picture it and shout out to whoever came up with the suggestion. Cause he followed up with it on Sunday. Yeah. Imagine the fight poster, right? Sean, there's you, Sean Woodson. There's Melsic Bagdasarian. There's the writing on the poster. What is more dangerous, the gun or the sniper? I mean, this thing full circle, it writes itself. I mean, come on, man. I wasn't completely sold on the fight at first, but after like the hashtags and this, how this thing could be built, Sean, I am all in on this fight. That's the fight to make. That's the fight to make. Yeah, the sniper versus the gun. Two, you know, danger strikers. We're similar in experience. I think he's seven and one. I'm nine and one. We both, uh, you know, we both fought Colin. We both uh, finished him, you know. Uh, yeah, that's the fight to make, man. I really, and, you know, like I said, and we we both fought around the same time. I I can't think of a reason why they you know matchmakers wouldn't want to make that fight other than him not wanting it. You know I want it, so yeah I can't think of a reason why the fight shouldn't get made. Didn't you? I thought I saw this. Maybe I was dreaming. But didn't you leave like a little social media challenge, being like you have like an expiring clock? You have like one day to <laughs> respond to this. Did he respond? No, he's uh he's watching me though, but he, he hasn't said anything. And uh, yeah, a couple like coaches were saying that he think he doesn't speak very well English. So in my post, I tried to be you know as clear as possible. And uh, yeah, I mean he he knows I want to fight him. Uh, I don't I don't really know what the holdup is. I don't I'm you know I'm not one of these guys that think oh everybody's scared of me. He's scared of me. I don't I don't think that, but uh. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I made a. I posted some on Instagram about. It. I left it up. I said I was gonna delete it after 24 hours because, like, like I said a minute ago, I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying to go pursue fights that guys don't want to fight me. You know what I'm saying? If he doesn't want to fight, that's fine. If he's uh banged up and injured right now, you know, and wants some time off or wants some do some family time or March doesn't work for him, cool. So be it. Just let me know, and I will set my sights on somebody else. Best believe. So who's on deck if he if he doesn't respond? Uh, I, I got a couple, I got a couple, but I, I really want that fight bad. So I'm just gonna, I'm still gonna, uh, just focus on him. I said, I was gonna delete it after 24 hours. Uh, I know where he's at. There's like a time difference, but not much of it. I think he's in California or something, but there's no, there's not much of a time difference, but I'm gonna give him one more day. By the end of the day, if he still ain't said nothing or responded or, you know, my manager doesn't let me know something, then I'm, I'll, uh, I'll, you'll see it. you pay attention to <laughs> my See, look at this. Look at this. Just selling people on the social media. Well done. And, and if this fight happens, can we do it in front of a crowd? Like, you fought in Boston. And I think that's the only time you fought in front of a crowd being in the UFC. Like, no more Apex. Let's let, Nelson just fought at MSG. Where's, where's Sean's love getting in front of a crowd? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm so thankful that like I got that one in in Boston with the crowd right before you know everything you know shut down and stuff. But uh, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I love the Apex. Like the Apex is my second home. That's where I made it happen. That's where that feel. You know, I I I, I enjoy fighting at the Apex. Uh, and this last this past fight, there was a there was like a, there was a semi crowd. It was it was some people there. I don't remember. I don't even know how they're doing. Aren't they doing like partial crowd or they only let a certain amount of people in or something like that? 
Yeah, they're doing like VIP packages for like certain yeah. fans who want to come in. And this one, I guess, was uh, the price was raised a little higher because because Max is the main event. Okay, yeah, yeah. There was a good, there was a decent amount of people. I remember when I turned the corner right before my music played to walk out, being kind of like not. It didn't bother me, but I just was like, oh, I didn't expect all these people to be. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And it, and I and I heard, you know, more people than I did for my last one. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, don't mind fighting at the Apex. Don't even mind the no crowd. But I do definitely feel like I'm one of those fighters that benefits more off of a crowd. I remember the feeling I got in Boston, and it's just a totally different vibe, a totally different feeling. So, uh, yeah, that would be sweet if me and Melissa could uh, throw down with a full crowd. March, April, but, right around there, right? Yeah, I'm down for either or. And I asked to uh i asked him if he was down for march which is when i would really you know that's picture perfect world that's when i want to return because you know i'm gonna enjoy thanksgiving and christmas and then january and february would be fight camp for me because i need at least eight weeks to make the wait so march would be like you know the earliest i could do but uh I, yeah i don't want to really i really don't want to wait past march but for melsic i'd be willing to wait until april but Past that, no, nah, I don't want to. So, yeah, March or April, me and Melsic, that's that's what I want. Let's make this happen. I mean, it's right there. No disrespect. Yeah, just your, a fun fight. Oh, so call your people at the USC and tell them, let's go. I know USC pulls some strings for me, man. There we go. Make it happen. That was, uh, listen, man, great performance. The kind of performance that you've been calling for for a while. It happened, and now we... We move on to the next one. Maybe Melzik Bagdasarian in 2022, but great stuff, man. Enjoy the holidays. Well-deserved. Enjoy the new year and uh, looking forward to seeing you back there March, maybe April at the latest. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Always fun. One of, uh, one of my most enjoyable guys to do interview with. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to the next one. Happy to be joined once again by Lupi Godinez, who is building a reputation for herself for, well, just just being a savage at this point. After breaking a <laughs> UFC record for the least amount of days between fights this past month, she's getting back in there again this Saturday, stepping in on short notice to face a very tough opponent in Loma Lukbunmi. Lupi, good to see you again. How are you? Good to see you too. I'm really good. How are you? I'm great. And many have celebrated what you've done since coming into the UFC. You've been staying active. The two fights on consecutive Saturdays, now three fights in 42 days. We've been doing these interviews for a while now, Loopy, since the regional days. Short notice fights, something you're very used to. But after what you just did in October, what are we doing here? Why come back a month later? Why not just kind of take the rest of the year off, maybe go on vacation, smell the roses a little bit? Why, why fight again? Uh, you know, I just love this so much. And like, if I could fight every weekend, I'll do it. And I have always said, and uh, I actually mean it. <laughs> I mean, you literally mean it. It's crazy. Was yeah. there like, was there any hesitation here? Like the fight's over? Was there any discussion? Like, eh, I mean, listen, I just fought twice in a week. This is like five weeks ago. Do we really want to do this again? Was there any hesitation at all? No, at all. So after I came back from... So after my last fight with uh, Luana, I went to Georgia. I was there. Then I went back to uh, Vancouver for two weeks. Then I went to Mexico. I was in Mexico for about three days. And then I wake up the next morning and I see a text. I was going to stay in Mexico for a full month straight. And I, I woke up the morning and then I see my management, Jason, like, hey, this is a, you want to fight? This is blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay. Okay, I was like, give me one second. Let me talk to my team. I'm down. Just give me one second. Everyone has to be in the same page here, right? 
but I know my team is so good that they are always gonna, you know, whatever, <laughs> pretty much whatever. Uh, then they say, if you wanna do it, let's do it. And I say, okay, then then in, in a couple of days later, I'm in Vegas. <laughs> Man, so you didn't get the full month in Mexico like, like you were hoping for. Yeah, no, but I'm going back after after here. I'm going back to Mexico. <laughs> so I was like, I'll be back, guys. <laughs> Is this your last fight this year? Like, I don't can, know. Can, I mean, you, you, can you even say that? Like, is there even fifty percent of you who even thinks that way at this point? No, I'm I'm open. You know, if I'm <laughs> healthy, and yeah, I mean, if I'm healthy, that's all that matters because everything right now in my life is really good. So you know, I'm good. It's just. If my body's healthy, then I can do it. There you go. So I want to talk about the the most recent fight against Luana Carolina. Hell of a showing up a weight class the week after your submission win the week before. Had the rounds been five minutes and 30 seconds, Luke, we would be talking about another win probably. You might have gotten her out of there in the first round. But just going up everything you went through, what, what, what were your biggest takeaways from that fight, the experience, and just the, the, those eight days in general? Yeah, um, I mean, I love fighting and, and, and just stepping in. Like, I never, I didn't know it was going to be, like, the fastest comeback, you know, in the seven days. Like, when it happened, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? But uh, I'm here to fight, so it doesn't matter, you know, what, you know, I'm just there to fight. And, um, yeah, I mean, going up a weight class, I love fighting. And it's another challenge for me, you know? So... I'm just going to do it. <laughs> was there anything like in the fight in particular you took away, like things you wish you had done better? I know hindsight is kind of a fickle thing in MMA. You could go, if you could go back in time, but we can't obviously. So yeah. it turns like the fight itself. What, what did you take away from it? Yeah. I don't regret anything because that's how, that's how it went down. And, you know, I accepted and I'm just learning from it and I'm still growing and learning. But if I could, change something i probably will box a little bit more um but that's about it you know i don't know like i mean i could have done a lot of things differently but uh didn't so i'm just gonna learn from that experience and move on and do better for the next fight you live life with no regrets Lupi. i, I dig that about yeah. you what, what when have you always been like that just just go for it and you know, whatever happens, happens. We accept that. Or is that something you've had to learn along this MMA journey of yours? Well, I think uh, moving to Canada um, when I was 14 and, and, and leaving my country, Mexico, um, like I had me and my family had to go through so many like tough, tough experience. So you kind of like learn to let it go. You know, like it's really easy to let things go, you know, as long as you are alive you know, you're, you're here, you're healthy, then, um, then what's the point on holding into things? You know what I mean? Well said, if you don't mind me asking, cause I don't think we've ever actually talked about this. What, what were some of the things that, that you had to go through when you moved to Canada? Well, just imagine you are a teenager and you come to a new country with no English, you know, um, you had you, your family and you had to start from zero. Um, like, I'm talking scrubbing bathrooms, you know, like start from zero when you were used to something else in Mexico, you know, that's always tough, you know, like my daddy was uh, 40 something. So it's also even, even harder for him and my mom to start from zero at that point in their lives. 
uh, for me and my sisters, of course, you know, everything new, um, like we don't know, you know, we didn't know anyone, like nothing. It was just like, you know, for, for years, um, just struggling and, and, and coming up, you know, and, and now I can say that my family is doing really good. I'm doing really good. So it's just, you know, matter of always keep working and keep getting better and, 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 and you will see the, you know, the fruit coming out at the end. And it's still, you know, we are still working hard. We are still pushing it because you're never, you know, you're, it's always, it's always something better. So you just keep climbing. How has your family reacted to, to this year that you've had signing with the UFC, getting in all of these fights back at it again? Like how have they reacted to all of this? So they're super excited, super happy for me. You know, they know this is what I love to do. And, and you know, of course, excited for my future, for, for my life. But at the same time, it's like, oh, like headache because they get so nervous. Uh, but now, like, they don't like when I say I'm fighting next weekend or whatever, right? They, they were like, okay, like they're not even surprised anymore. <laughs> even my sisters are like, Okay, there we go again. <laughs> you know, like if you know me, um, you won't get surprised of things that I do because that's just who I am. If you don't know me, you're like, oh, this girl is crazy. But I'm crazy. But if you know me, you're like, oh, okay, we expected that from her, you know? Yeah, and that was that was what was so interesting because if someone had told me like a year ago that there would be a newcomer coming into the UFC who would fight in back-to-back weekends, I would have I would have said your name in a second. Like you would have been the top three names I would have said. So like, is that why, like when everyone was making a big deal out of this, you like, you didn't even think about it because this is, I mean, this has been your pretty much your entire career. Like opportunity knocks, the phone rings five days from now, two weeks from now, I'm in anyway. So this is like no big deal for you. Yeah. You know, there is opportunities that you cannot let go and, and, and like you just take them and, and, and let's say it doesn't go your way or whatever, then you learn there and then you get better and then you go back right to it right like there is no lose you know you don't you don't lose from this it's just you know i'm doing what i love this is my job i'm healthy i'm happy so why not have you seen an uptick in your popularity social media people giving you kudos again you didn't think this was that big of a deal but a lot of people did have you seen sort of an uptick in people reaching out to you, giving you props, kudos, et cetera? Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, there's a lot of people like, you know, messaging me and, and my, my followers are growing and all of that stuff. And, and I'm just happy to do it, you know? It's just I'm doing what I love. Like, like oh, that's fine. Like, it's just what I love, you know? I, I, I couldn't be doing anything else. What has that been like, just, just seeing all of this? seeing all this praise that you're getting. And it's not easy in this sport. It's there's only like a few people who get that, those accolades. It's, it's almost unanimously positive and you seem to be one of those fighters right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice, you know, it's uh, I try not to um, lose myself into that stuff because I always say I'm not a Hollywood woman. I'm a fighter. So I try to keep um, focus on, you know, what is, what I, I'm, I am a fighter, so that's what I'm doing, you know. I'm training every day. I'm trying to learn things every day. I'm trying to get better every day. The rest, like social media, interviews, um, fans, all of that, that's really cool, and I really like it, and I really appreciate you guys. But it's, 
is just on the outside. You know what I mean? Like, because if I start putting more attention to that, then my training is going to be lacking. So I don't want that. So this is, you know, first and then that, you know? I mean, it's, I bet a lot of that has to do with, you know, when you move to Canada, just the humbleness of it all. And I feel like that's kind of carried over with you. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You know, you have to be humble. You have to, you know, always work hard, no matter what, no matter where in your life, what position you are like you're always had to work hard and be humble because you never know when it's gonna cap you know someone and then everything is over just like this that's true i'm sure i'm sure coming into the ufc loma has been someone that you've been familiar with probably on your radar at some point very good striker elusive a bit tricky at times nice little puzzle to try to solve is she someone that you kind of expected to fight sooner rather than later uh no you know it's really weird i never see something like oh maybe this one is next maybe this one is next i just you know whoever they give me i'm gonna take it you know i just want to fight but i'm happy i'm fighting her you know she's she's amazing fighter i like her style and i think it's gonna be a really good uh, matchup for me how do you like from the stylistic perspective it's got to be cool right i mean you're it's almost like two completely different fighters loma you know, Loma's ground game, her wrestling's getting a little bit better. Yours is superior on paper than hers. Your striking's getting better. Her striking's really good. So how do you like the matchup from that end? Like the improvements you made against sort of the improvements that she's made? I I really like the the, the matchup. I think it's going to be a fun fight. And <laughs> So how do we get this thing done? How does this play out in your mind? Oh, in a lot of different ways. But let's just wait for Saturday. and then. All right. <laughs> I thought one of these times, I ask you this question every single time, and I'm like, maybe maybe this will be the time that she gives me some sort of prediction, but it's always the same answer. Are you, is it kind of a bummer you got to cut weight again after being spoiled fighting at 125 last time? Uh, well, I was 121 when I, when I weighed myself uh, 125. So, right. Or, you know what I mean, flyweight. Yeah. Free flyweight yeah. fight. The time before I cut three pounds, you know, I'm keeping my weight low because I'm telling you, I'm fighting. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like, so I'm curious, how do you top this year? Like, do you try to fight like 12 times in 2022 at this point? If I could, yeah, I would do it. (laughs) You know, I mean, there is nothing bad out of this, you know, it's just me keep getting better experience, you know, this experience. I will never leave them again, you know, like this, this is a one thing in my life. So I want to take it. <laughs> so is your goal at MMA at this point is just fight as often as possible. Like I know a lot of fighters I talk to like one day I'm going to, I'm going to be the champion of the world and we're going to have this parade in my, in my hometown. And it's going to be great. And there are other fighters who are just like, I just want to fight. Like, I feel like you're in the ladder. Like you just want to fight as often as possible. And if, all those other things come along with it. That's just sort of cherry on top of the Sunday. Am I, am I on the right track? Are you thinking about like the, the, the long-term championships, things like that? Yeah, of course. Like, of, of course my, my goal is to be the champ and, and I'm going to get there. But if you think about it, my career is really small, like really short. I I've been training for six years total, six years. And I've been pro for like three and a half, something like that. And I broke my hand and I was out for a year. So 
I had two surgeries, whatever, in my first professional fight. So I was out for a year. So I'm gonna make out from all that time, you know. I how can I explain? Um, I'm just getting experience right now for when you know I'm I'm start fighting the uh, top ten, top five, you know, and then eventually fight for the belt. Um, and I think it's great to do it now, you know, in a big organization. Like it's just I think I'm doing the right thing. And uh, I'm enjoying myself. And, you know, once we get to the top 10, top five, then we're going to look things different, right? And I'm sure my management, you know, like, you know, Jason House is like the man. So, um, like, I, I'm just, I just trust him so much with my career that I'm like, you know, just keep them coming, you know, and like, whatever you say, man, I'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in the right division now too, because there's yeah. fights all the time and, and the strawweight division never lets you down. So are you still cool? Like going up to it? Cause you were booked to fight at 135 at one point this year, which is absolutely insane to me as well. So are you yeah. still open for like opportunities like that? Like maybe fighting at 35 or are we just like 15, 25 as high as we go? Uh, let's say 35 i will look at the opponent i'm not gonna fight like some monster that i'm gonna get hurt and break my face and be out for for a year right like you have to be smart smart if you you know uh but 15 and 25 okay you know 15 is my weight class you know i'm i'm, I'm pretty much on weight right now like it's only a couple pounds so i'm a small 115 even you know i'm small so yeah but you know whatever keep them coming <laughs> Would you be open to a to an atom weight division? I know that's a very popular discussion these days. Is that something like if the UFC were to do that, is that a weight class you'd even entertain to cut those uh, extra ten? Or what do you think? Oh, I don't know because I will have to lose a lot of muscle. Oh yeah, I can't you can't lose the pythons. And I like my muscles. Yeah, I need my guns. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep you gotta keep the gun. Loopy, yeah. you are amazing. Congratulations. It's been incredible to watch you just progress this year, seeing all the positivity that everyone is throwing your way. And I just remember all those old interviews when you were fighting in regional shows. And I think we all saw something in you then. And now to see it all sort of play out now and you breaking records every week and every time you fight, it's just, it's just been crazy. So congratulations on all that success. Excited to see you back in there this Saturday. You are a warrior by definition and uh, all the best to you the rest of this week and in the cage on Saturday. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Just great stuff right there from Lupe Godinez. What a warrior just shattering records left and right. Unbelievable stuff. Incredibly humble about it as well. How can you not be a fan of Lupi Godinez? So big thank you to her. Big thank you to Roman Feraldo, Sean Woodson, and Adrian Yanez for their time as well. As we wrap up another episode of We Got Next, shining a light upon the next wave of talent in the sport of mixed martial arts. We got UFC Vegas 43. That was, that was easy to say. UFC Vegas 43 coming up this weekend. We'll have your coverage of that starting with the preview show on Friday live. As of right now, it's scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And we have a special guest for that lined up. At least we hope so. So stay tuned for that. Then we get the pre-fight Q&A on Saturday, 3 p.m. prelims, 6 p.m. main card, Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. So we'll have the Q&A around 2.30 Eastern if everything stays intact. Post-fight show. And then don't forget the next opening round matchup of the BTL Championship Tournament goes down live 
3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. We get Jed Mishu taking on Alex Wendling. Should be a lot of fun. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week on Thanksgiving right here on We Got Next. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.